Hello everyone, welcome to episode 614 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pop. This season we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Wave 6 Festival in Chicago September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Cold Waves began as a memorial concert for fallen Chicago musician and sound man Jamie Duffy and is now a multi-day festival-style show celebrating Chicago's relationship with industrial music and a passionate fundraiser for suicide awareness and prevention causes. This year's featured acts include Stabbing Westward, Cold Cave, Run 242, Severed Heads, KMFDM, Ogre, and more. For the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Sasha Konietzko, performing Sunday at a sold-out metro. This is KMFDM.
This has been one of the longer gaps between a release for you. Uh, was there some sort of reason behind that? Or is there other stuff going on, or it was just good to take a little break this time? Well, we just, um, last year, we released the uh, KMFDM Rocks compilation. So it wasn't really all that long a break, I would, I would say. Um, but it, it took a while to get started, and then we interrupted progress on Hell Yeah in order to do the Rocks uh, kind of thing. Um, which kind of happened because we were switching labels and um, wanted to have sort of a pre-run, like a test run, see how they work, and um, that was the reason behind Rocks. And um, after that was done, we just continued to work on Hell Yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, we've, we've toured in the U.S. in 2015. Before that, we did two major tours in the U.S. in 2013. Before that, in 2011. Before that, in 2009, so we're on schedule, I would say. Do you find it challenging at all at this point to come up with new stuff, or is it just, you know, flow right out of you? Not at all. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a pleasure to come up with shit. It's uh, not an effort at all. I mean, basically, I'm already working on the next album. <laughs> you must have close to 250 or more songs now. When, when it's time to do a tour, how do you come up with a set list? Well, that's difficult. Uh, in part, we do a bit of audience participation by just, you know, uh, running polls on Facebook, see what people kind of want to hear this time around. Obviously, we're always playing a chunk of the new material, and then there's some classics, and uh, then you got maybe four or five songs to fill with, uh, you know, random older material. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of the process, really. I mean, it depends also on how long you can play, obviously, at the... Um, at the cold waves, we're not going to be able to play for, I don't know, 100 minutes or so, but we're probably going to be relegated to about an hour. So, and then you just, you know, you just um, choose your favorites. Do you have any trouble when you're making the new album saying, you know, I'm sure the fans expect this versus this is what I'd like to do this time around? No, I'm really doing it the way I feel about it. Um, I'm not concerning myself too much with like you know what people will think of it because that would be a hindrance to the process of making an album um as it happened this time my two guitarists from seattle are not going to be part of the touring lineup and weren't either part of when weren't also not part of the uh live recording so everything is very much changed up i don't know if you've had a chance to listen to hell yeah yet but it's um i would say quite a departure from from previous albums yeah at first, it's it's a little challenging if you're if you're expecting something, but once you open up your mind, uh, it's a much better experience. Well, in my experience, um, records that I love now for many many years, I really didn't like at first. I had a really hard time getting around to liking them. And you know, I mean, obviously, if you if you love something at first sight, then chances are that it might just be in one out the other kind of stuff, you know. But uh, the intricacy of of an album of an artist's work really unlocks itself in in steps, I believe. I'm not sure what it is that it takes the brain, you know, five, six, ten listens sometimes to digest some of that stuff. Well, I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's natural, I guess. I mean, you're you're only capable of grasping so much at a time.
thematically you've always been sort of anti-establishment really and pushing people to sort of push past the noise and, and think for themselves. I feel like, you know, with today's society, it's really easy for people to, to be sort of a lot lazier and they just, you know, they go on Facebook and, and they're in their own insulated uh, echo chambers and they're just reposting things that, you know, may not necessarily be true. And I saw one of the tracks is actually called Fake News, so I wanted to hear your take on, on the current state of things. Well, <clears throat> I mean, having a democracy where the... Um where the credibility of the press is constantly being eroded by the president uh, really doesn't help, you know, democratic processes and things. Um, in fact, it reminds me a little bit of what happened during the during the Nazi regime in Germany, you know, when, when the press was treated uh, at first in a similar way, and then, you know, then there was no freedom of press anymore, and it was basically just uh, dictated what was to be written and what was not. Fake news came really as an afterthought to the album because most part, most of the album was really done by I don't know October last year, so before Trump got elected. Um, but then we had to top it off with fake news. It was it was too classic. And um, then the day that I was going to mix that and finalize the track, that's when uh, Kelly and Conway. Uh, came up with, you know, fake news, alternative facts. <laughs> it was too tempting. I mean, it was just, you know, thank you very much. You just put the dot on the eye. Every time I, I think it can't get weirder or it can't get worse, you know, just you got to hold your breath and wait until the next day because it just, it, it you know, uh, it, even, uh, uh, you know, watching the news today, the, the, G, the G20 the G rides that are going on, it just seems oh, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at a live feed from from downtown Hamburg. I mean, the city is burning. You know, it's crazy. Is everything okay yeah. where you are? Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, you know, the couple of cars were burning this morning here, but uh, so far, so good. <laughs> just just a couple of cars. Yeah, just a couple of cars. You you also have uh, Ogre out on tour with you, and I know he's previously been involved in some older KMFDM stuff. I know a lot of fans, at least online, have been hoping for some sort of involvement with him on stage singing some older stuff. Do you think that might happen? Do you want the fans to be surprised? Do you just want to put it out there right now that it's not going to happen? Well, I spoke to Ogre a couple of weeks ago before he went out on the skinny puppy thing. And he was very distracted at the time, but definitely signaled that you know we should do something and we're preparing something. I, I don't think anyone needs to know more than that. That should be a nice surprise for everyone. I mean, I'm I'm ready for it. If he is, then let's go. I also want to talk to you about about the work of Aiden Hughes with his uh, brute propaganda. That's been such an iconic part of your history uh, over the past thirty thirty years. Well, I think there's few bands that have you know as visual a brand or as brandish a visual as as KMFDM. I mean, comes to mind instantaneously would be Leibach, um, would be Fetus, maybe. But yeah, I mean, that's the best thing that can happen to a band if you, if you are just like Coca-Cola, you know, people walk into the shop and they see the product and they recognize it right away. It's, uh, it's, it's capital that you, you, you can't even, you know, put into, into figures, really. What's the process like for each new album? Do you give him an idea? Does he come up with some, some things for you to pick from? Well, it's more like we're cross-pollinating each other. Um, sometimes I give him... A song title, I rarely have an album title by the time it comes to the artwork, but, you know, I'm just talking to him about some stuff and maybe play him something, and um, then he does his part, and, uh, 
and so far he really is a member of KMFDM. I mean, he's not a musical member, but you know, he's the visual mastermind behind it. Most of the time, you know, he just comes up with something, and I'm like, you nailed it, that's it, man. Sometimes it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe we should try a second approach here. But that's that's very rare. And then once I see the artwork, I get inspired again, you know, and uh, try and see how it kind of clicks in my mind, like what does the image trigger really, and, uh, you know, that flows into lyrics or something like that. So the initial ideas flows into the art, and then the art actually flows back into the music again? That That's cool. Yeah, that's the way it pretty much goes. It's, it's always a little bit different. It's it's not always, you know, exactly like that, but um, no, for the most part, it is like that. One of my favorite things that you guys have been doing recently is the uh, the cooking with KMFDM segment as you're promoting the new album. <laughs> yeah. uh, t- tell me about coming up with that idea. We're were you nervous a little bit? It's It seemed like sort of not the standard thing that other bands might do, but it seems like the response has been really overwhelmingly positive. People are really into it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just so that Lucia and I, we you know, we cook. We have a, we have a kid. We cook every day, pretty much. Uh, we like to eat good, tasty food. And um, at some point, it just kind of burst out of somebody. I don't know even who really came up with it, but we said, you know, we should... We should make recipes that correspond with the, the titles on the new album. You know, it's it's a fun thing to do. It's something that we don't think has been ever done before, and uh, we're having fun doing it. We're having fun, you know, preparing, thinking about it, shopping, shooting the pictures, and then eating the food. And uh, you know, we're, we're not giving recipes that call for like one and a half ounces of white flour or something. You know, it's. It's more like an inspiration, like, uh, yeah, if you, if you like cooking, you know, if you have cool leftovers, this is what you could do. I could just picture the, the KMFDM cookbook, you know, on the bookshelves next to uh, Rachel Ray or, or Martha Stewart or whoever else. <laughs> and I'm not threatening, but we're, we're actually in a position to do that because our label is also a book publishing company. So we are right at the source. That'd be fun. KMFDM Ultra Heavy Eats, right?
On this episode, you heard Hell Yeah, How Ruck, and Megalomaniac. Hell Yeah releases Friday, August 18th. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Acumen Nation. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Special thanks this week to Rachel and Donna Bunnicky. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes. Join us next week as we chat with Paul Barker from Aleko. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Coldplay's fallen Chicago musician and sound man Jamie Duffy. Here are some Jamie Tour Diary entries from the 2004 KMFDM 20th Anniversary Tour with DJ AccuCrack as support. October 7th, 2004. I'm sitting outside the club in Vancouver, going to soundcheck soon. Thank God for unprotected wireless networks. First show went really well. The video projection looks great. I spent the five days prior to the first show in Seattle doing rehearsals for KMFDM. Everyone's great. I had quite a few drunken evenings with the pig musicians and the two other crew guys, and some great dinners as well. Sasha and Lucia took me out for the best sushi I've ever had. We have two more weeks here in Canada, then we hit the US, so by the time most of you guys see us, the AccuCrack set will be nice and tight. Gotta go check. More later. XOXO, Jamie. October 9th, 2004. Sitting in the Starlight Room in Edmonton. Loaded in about an hour ago. Last night, Kamloops, wow. We played on the university campus in a bar in the rec center. We couldn't use our video screen because the stage was so small, but we had a great set. There was no barricade, so spent half the KMFDM set doing security. Thank God I got a decent night's rest, and we're back in a real venue today. Tonight we'll sell out. This'll make four in a row, and the response is pretty good so far for the crack. The only thing that kind of sucks for me is that I have no time to chill or hang out till all the gear is loaded in the trailer. At least it keeps me active, busy, and out of trouble, for the most part. That's all I can think of for now. XOXO, Jamie. October 17, 2004. I haven't been able to get online for the past few days, so I'll try to recap the past week. Banff was a poorly attended show. The staff was cute, but that doesn't make a good show. Regina was okay. We got to use our video again. The set was good. Sasha went to the hospital that day due to a throat infection, but still put on a good set. Winnipeg was so-so. No videos. Tons of power and PA issues in the venue, and I just ended up getting pissed off. Then we left and Jason stayed in Winnipeg so we could fly back to Chicago for a couple days. Thursday was our first day off. We were supposed to stop driving by 4pm. We finally pulled over at 10.30. We were starving and the only thing we could find was a casino and a strip club. We ate at the casino, which took forever, and then a few of us went to the strip club to celebrate Jules's birthday. London. Got here late, hardly any time to check. I was setting up my gear in front of a hundred people. Did I mention I had to do the whole set by myself? Yes. No Jason. Just me. No video either. The set went really well. I was surprised. Sold the same amount of merch as any other show. Went to an after party down the street. Had a good time. Last night. Set wasn't as good as London. For the first 15 minutes, the dance floor was empty. But I finally got them going, and from there on out, it wasn't so bad. Met some nice people. Pretty chill evening for me. Today's Toronto early show. By the way, my back is killing me. Someone please bring me painkillers. Jason should be back soon. I hope everything goes well with this flight. I really don't feel like doing another show by myself. XO, XO, Jamie. November 17th, 2004. At a hotel, only two hours before we go on. Gonna take a shower. Only three more shows, one more bus ride, 
then two days in Seattle. Feeling kind of sick, but I can make it. Really want to play guitar. Want Chicago, Friends, and Jameson. Want a real burrito. No more deli tray. No more beer. Want to not be responsible for everyone's happiness anymore. We'll miss new friends. We'll miss the fun times. Not looking forward to shitty living situations in Chicago. Confused. Tired. Sorry for the constant, unenthusiastic posts from me, but this hasn't exactly been easy. Once again, thanks to those that can make it to the shows, and to all the new people on board. I'm sorry I've never had much of a chance to hang out, but that's what happens when you're also working for the headliner. Probably won't post again until I'm back home. Later. Jamie.